Hi there. This is Renee Fournier. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to listen to my podcast. It is my prayer that it would be a blessing to you and that you would simply get to know this wonderful, absolutely amazing creation that you are, designed beautifully by the Master, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit Himself. Flaws? Well, yes. Brokenness? Of course. But know this, the more you and I embrace the cross Jesus, the more our broken pieces are transformed into something ultimately beautiful. Now let's tune in to see what the Lord has to say to us today. So my scriptures for this next uh, episode uh, related to failure and um, the way we can stay clear of failure, I uh, want you to uh, kind of meditate upon these scriptures. One of them is Hebrews 4.12. It says this, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything, and that's absolutely everything, is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. And that's Hebrews 4, 12 verses, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through 13. Now let's look at uh, 1 Peter 1. Verses 13 through 16. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. We serve a a holy God. And this other one is in reference to humility. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That's Philippians 2, 5, 8. If Jesus was humble, we have no reason to be puffing ourselves up, walking around in pride. And another passage of scripture that I I need you to, to see is Matthew 26, 36 through 41. It says, then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. 
Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed. My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to to his disciples. And this is what I'm wanting you guys to kind of keep in the back of your mind as you prepare to listen to this next podcast. Then he returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. Now they're sleeping instead of praying. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Go ahead and read Matthew 26 if you want the full uh, uh, gist of that story. There are so many scriptures about the grace of God and um, the advocate that we have. Jesus is interceding for us. But this one scripture, I love it. It's in 1 John uh, chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the world. So let's talk about this thing called failure and why you need to get back in the game if you've fallen, if you've slipped away, if you've fallen into sin. Let's jump in there and let's talk about failure and how God loves us so much, even when we fail, he hit his desire is to restore us. It doesn't matter what it is that we've done. Uh, check this out. This is coming from um, looking at Peter's epic failure is what I'd like to call it. Um, John uh, chapter 18 uh, verses 15 through 27. So Peter, he he's sure that he would never deny Jesus. He was so sure that he would never leave Jesus. Yet he does just that. He denies Jesus. Peter had great zeal with great intentions, yet Peter fails. He denies Jesus three times. The scripture in Matthew 26, 35 paints a picture of Peter saying this, even if I have to die, I will never deny you, Jesus. Listen to um, what it says. It says, Peter told him, even if everyone falls away because of you, I will never fall away. Truly, I tell you, Jesus said to him tonight before the rooster crows, you would deny me three times. Even if I have to die with you, Peter told him, I will never deny you. All of the other disciples They said the same thing. Now, really, up until now, I've never noticed that Peter still yet had a comeback response for when Jesus told him that he would deny him three times. Peter said, wait, this is definitely open for debate because I would never do such a thing, Jesus. Now, the teacher has informed you that you're going to fall away. The teacher has informed you that he knows you better than you know yourself. You know that he knows you better, yet you still make such a bold declaration that you will definitely not slip into that sin because you love Jesus way, way, way too much to do that. 
Oh, I could never sink that low. Not that. How did that leader get there? Why in the world? Don't you know that Satan desires to sift you just like he, the word says, Satan desires to sift you, Peter, sift you like wheat. Satan desires to sift each of us. He desires that, you know, uh, our testimonies be undermined. I think, though, if we don't have the right view of ourselves, that it's going to always lead to our destruction of godly character. That's basically what Satan wants to do, okay? Having the wrong view, such as what Peter did. And I'd like to say this is really, you're kind of walking in pride instead of walking in humility. That sets up fertile soil, fertile soil, fertile ground for an epic failure. Yet, if we're always mindful of this, we keep this in the back of our mind. God is holy and we're made righteous through Jesus. And thus, he calls us to live holy lives. If we keep that in the back of our minds, really on a continual basis, this will help us stay clear of drifting off into sin. But this requires us daily coming before Jesus to wash in the word, the stuff of this world. We must realize we're kingdom citizens and we are aliens to this world. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I am glad for grace. I'm so glad that Jesus knows us and he knows just how to bring us out of whatever type of failure we've had. Peter, you know, he was one of the ones who seemed to always be listed first when it came to listing Jesus's inner circle. It was like Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, John. You'll hear that, you know, in several passages throughout the Bible. But Peter seems to be the one that's listed first. And Jesus even addresses Peter when he asks them, uh, can you not stay awake with, with me and pray? This is when he's in the garden and he's really in agony. Jesus is in agony. He's in the garden of Gethsemane. I struggle with saying that word. Gethsemane. He asked them, stay awake with me and pray. Listen to this passage. It says Matthew 26 verses 40 through 41. Then he came to the disciples. This is in the garden and he found them sleeping. He asked Peter, so couldn't you stay awake with me one hour? Now all of them, all of them are snoozing, but he asked Peter, couldn't you stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, I'm urging you, stay awake and pray so that you do not slip into temptation. Not just you. That applies to me too. Listen, Peter could not even encourage the disciples to stay awake or maybe, you know, kind of take shifts in sleeping and praying. Jesus, he's taught them how to pray. He's taught them to pray. 
He has taught them the importance of prayer, you know, and prayer is basically locking into the supernatural power of God. You know, maybe if they had stayed awake praying, Jesus would not have had to spend time with them, encouraging them to not resist the soldiers when the soldiers approached them wanting to arrest Jesus. He surely would not have had to restore the soldier's ear due to Peter operating himself and cutting his ear off. Peter was, he was beginning to fail pretty bad. So he's taking things into his own hand. So it's like when we pray, we tap into that supernatural power. We get what the spirit wants us to do. And we operate in the spirit as opposed to being empowered to operate in the flesh. So the tilling of the soil of failure, it begins with us thinking a little bit more highly of ourselves than we should. I got this. I'm good. I'm good. I can handle this on my own. Let me just go and jump and do this. Let me go and respond to this thing. This is this this thing. It's it, I I know it's wrong. Let me go ahead and I'm going to address it. Addressing it without talking to the Father. You might be walking down this slippery slope of sin because you're going to respond in flesh instead of responding according to the spirit. So listen, you, you end up tilling the soil as you're beginning to think a little bit more highly of yourself than you ought. Then you go ahead and you throw some fertilizer on it. Fertilizer, you know what that is? That helps things to grow. Throw that little fertilizer on it. When we fail to drop to our knees to pray and ask God to help us, ask God to give us wisdom. So now... We we have truly set ourselves up for failure. And you know what? Check this out. It really seems that the enemy is not familiar, though, with the grace of God. Or maybe he hopes that we do not comprehend grace. If we do not comprehend and truly absorb the grace of God, then once we fail, check this out. We just might not get back up and get back into doing God's kingdom work. So the enemy plants his ideas so sternly in our minds that makes us think God will never have any use for me again. Not after this. I totally blew it. That's what the enemy wants us to think. The blood of Jesus covers Every failure, though. Look at what Jesus does for Peter. Three times, Peter denies Jesus. And three times, Jesus makes Peter declare with his mouth and proclaim that he loves him. John 21, verse 15 through 17. Jesus asks Peter this question the first time. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Then feed my lambs. That's verse 15. The second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Then shepherd my sheep. That's verse 16. Simon, son of John, do you love me? The third time, he says it. Then feed my sheep. That's verse 17. Peter answers, 
One, two, three times. Yes, I love you. Peter does not truly know what's happening, but what's actually happening is this. You love me? Then get up and take care of my sheep. You love me? Then you get up and get back in the race doing kingdom work, the kingdom work I've called you to do. You love me? Then don't lay there stuck in your failure. Get up and get going with the work I have for you to do. Grace. Grace. God's grace is sufficient for you and me when we do fail. There is no such thing as an epic failure or a failure without a comeback when God is in the mix. Our failures, he simply uses for his glory. If by chance you've experienced a major failure, return to your first love and allow him to wash over you and remind you that his blood is strong enough to handle the failure. Do not remain stuck in the mess. Get up, shake off the dust and receive God's forgiveness. You know, you can literally go from success to failure in moments. One moment we're doing that which is pleasing to God. And the next moment we have in our sinful nature slid into failure. Failure is living a life that is unholy. We are so far removed from walking the steps that God has ordained for us to do. It seems to me and It's a biblical truth that David was considered a man after God's own heart, not because he was perfect, but because whenever he failed and it was brought to his attention, the failure that is, he would run to his hiding place. In Psalms 51, it records truly a good display of that. God's grace is more than enough to handle your failure. Just humble yourself and walk in true repentance. Watch what he will do. When I say Jesus knows you, I mean he knows the amount of grace, how to administer the grace, and the timing to distribute the grace to you so that you become a powerhouse display of his love and mercy. And God is able to make every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 8. And it seems that God, he, he just knows what's needed to restore us. He truly knows what's needed to restore us better than before. And it seems that his love pours out upon us to get us back in the in the game. And for this, I am truly grateful. John 21 verses 15 through 17, it says this, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs. He told him, 
And a second time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he said to him, you know that I love you. Shepherd my sheep, he told him. He asked him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved that he asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. Now let me read Psalms 51. If by chance you fail, be like King David. In this Psalms, it is it's very beautiful. It says, have mercy on me, O God, according to you, your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sins. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned, and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict, and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me, yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness and let the bones you've crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. And he goes on and he says much more. I encourage you to read that full Psalms. But I say to you, get back in the game and get back in the game. Absorb the abundant grace of God. God loves you, dear friend. God has not given up on you. If by chance you fail, simply run into the arms of Jesus. Let him wash you. Thank you for tuning in today. And until next time, I say to you, dear friend, rejoice, for you have this anchor for your soul. This, what is this? This anchor is Jesus Christ. <laughs>